Welcome back to Gobi, Wyoming. Today we've got special guests uh, from Rooted in Wyoming. We have Lise Foy, the executive director, and Mandy Morris, the treasurer and founding board member of uh, Rooted in Wyoming. Thank you guys for coming on yeah, the show today. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so first off, let's just hear about you guys as uh, your yourselves. What's your connection to Wyoming? What, what brought you guys here? Uh, <laughs> They both are like, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first. I've been here longer. Um, I was born and raised here. I moved away to go to college, but born and raised here. Um, and my mom was doing farmer's markets. And that's when Bonnie Gregory was kind of running the DSA and the farmer's markets. And then we were friends on Facebook. And I saw that she put out this call for what was the beginning of Rooted in Wyoming, just school gardens, teaching people where their food comes from. And growing up here, I'd grown up with mothers, grandmothers who gardened. So I was like, well, I like gardening and Bonnie knows what she's doing. So maybe it, this was kind of my first adventure into doing some kind of community service work like this. So I thought who better than Bonnie to learn from and gardening something I like. And I think it's important to teach people where their food comes from. So yeah, absolutely. that's how I got here. Perfect. Awesome. And Lise, what about you? Well, I've lived in Wyoming for about 10 years, not consecutively, and it doesn't take but just a second for you to hear that I'm not a native of Wyoming. <laughs> um, my husband and I moved here in 2000, and I was the 4-H educator for the county um, for a period of time, and we moved back home to Mississippi for a while. We've been back now for about four years. Um my career have had lots of different jobs, but as a 4-H educator, both in Mississippi and Wyoming, um, then as a Main Street director in a couple of different communities, and then as a director of a, an ag museum in Mississippi, there's a common thread through my career um, where I've always worked with local foods or uh, uh, had a focus on teaching people about where their food comes from. When we landed back back here, um, I had come from a commercial vegetable operation on our little farm in Mississippi and um, was looking for a garden to be in, and the Tongue River Valley Community Center had a garden space. They needed a garden leader, and so that's kind of what opened the door for me here this go around um, and through that garden with that little garden needed supplies we needed shovels rakes tools um, tiller garden shed I learned about rooted in Wyoming and that's what brought me to rooted in Wyoming from that garden I joined as a board member and then they hired me as staff so Fantastic. Awesome. You both have hit on it kind of already, but I would like kind of the pitch of Rooted in Wyoming if listeners out there are kind of like still not sure what it is, but um, so give us kind of the, what is, what is Rooted in Wyoming? We are a nonprofit that works to create more resilient and self-sufficient people in the community through partnering with schools, community organizations, and collaborating with local businesses. Um, to teach people how to grow their own food, um, how to garden, 
And, and it's not just about the garden. It's the full process all the way through to knowing what to do once you've grown the stuff and you've harvested it to understand what to do with it. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else said? No. That's pretty much it. I know there's some people who think like school gardens, but we've done more than that. Mm-hmm. Like the grow towers at Smith Alley. Right. You know, we got the grant for that. So it's good to educate children because they're more receptive sometimes to education about where your food comes from. But we find it's almost reverse education. Yeah. So they take it home to their parents. Oh, my kid didn't eat carrots. Well, yeah, they do. Because now they learned where they come from and they planted the seed and they're excited about it and everything tastes better mm-hmm. out of the garden anyway. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Does that involve cooking too, I would imagine, if you're saying all the way through? It does. Okay, cool. And we've had um, some different programs where we the kids get to harvest um, food from the garden that they've grown, and then we do like little culinary clubs or... Um, that's happened at the Tongue River Valley Community Center. Um, there was a partnership this summer with Science Kids that's been kind of a, an ongoing uh, partnership. And we had a culinary experience with the chef out at the Britain Museum with those kids this summer. Um, and at Hoedown this year, if I could jump to that, uh, we have a new component with some of the food that we'll be serving. We've always... Uh, focused on trying to serve as much local or regionally sourced produce as we could at that event. And this year, we're partnering with five of the restaurants in Sheridan um, who will work with groups of kids that harvest something from the garden that they've grown, and they get to have an experience with those chefs. Oh, and wow. Then, and then that the chef and the restaurant's going to recreate that recipe so we can serve it at Hoedown. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And when is that? Just so since we're on the topic of it. September 25th. Okay, September 25th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Hoedown because in uh, Jody's email, she said that's kind of your guys' main fundraising event of the year, right? Yeah, we try to only have one fundraiser a year. Um, you know, we've done little things, but just one. Um, and this year is going to be a Born in the Barn. So we'll have indoor in case the weather is bad because you never know it's Wyoming. And then we'll have outdoor. Um, We have great music, which is we have Wes Urbanic and the Mountain Folk coming. Okay. Um, We have Bluegrass Sounds, which is um, a mandolin duo that I believe is going to start us out. And then the Wyoming band will be there. Oh, fantastic. you know, the Hoedown's our annual fundraiser. Um, the Standish Foundation is providing a match for us again this year. Luckily, we have, you know, their generosity in our community. Um, but it's also a great event. You know, it's a meal you come to eat together more as family. It's local food, but it's a family atmosphere. There are kids there. And afterwards, you sit and watch the kids play and enjoy the music. And it's just a really, you know, like that old-fashioned meal that you sit down and eat together right yeah awesome yeah did you did you guys um i would imagine you guys missed out last year yes we did have an event last year okay it was um a online auction awesome we're keeping that component this year because it went so well fantastic well received and um last year we we did have kind of a little in-person um sort of party and ending to the auction uh, luminous brew house hosted us for that and we finished the auction so we yeah. did we did have the fundraiser it was very successful um 
as far as fundraising goes. Uh, but so it's kind of a mix, virtual slash. It was yeah. kind of a mix and very scaled down from cool. what we usually do. So we're excited to be able to be back with an in-person event. Absolutely. And, and all of the events and the meal and the food because it's really a celebration of what we're all about. Yeah. Yeah. I know Zach's got another question, but I just love adding with Wyoming nonprofits and businesses. Anytime we talk to them, especially about COVID stuff, it's always cool to hear like, well, we did an online thing and it went really good. So we're going to keep it. And, or, you know, they did it kind of like half and half. And, um, you know, if you can adapt and change, you know, that's what's going to make you successful. So I love hearing that. That's why I always ask is like, how did you guys, you know, maneuver around that? Um, so anyways, that's awesome. So, um, there's a, so is there an online auction again this year or is there an auction with the hoedown and then the online auctions another, uh, event? There is an online auction okay. this year. Um, it will go online September 1st and we're gathering those items now. We have, we have a couple, um, that have been confirmed and, um, there will also be a live auction component at the event okay. that will have just a limited number uh, of items that will be for auction, but we've got a couple of artists that support us and um, they will be there doing an, uh, like a quick draw in plain air, quick draw painting, and that's Sonia K. Wood and Polly Burge. Um, there may be others, but those paintings will be part of the live auction that night. Oh, wow. Okay. That'll be cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Polly just did the uh, that wild candle one for uh, the summer. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So fantastic. Perfect. Uh, so I want to back up a little bit just to the founding. Uh, Amanda, you kind of hit on that. There was just kind of this passion of, of gardening. Um, but what was the, did you see a need for that kind of expansion in the community or um, how, how did that part? And if we out? can throw Bonnie under the bus, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I was at the farmer's markets and at that time I had small children. I have elementary, junior high age children now. And, um, you know, talking about snacks for kids in school. And at that time, the administration was trying to make everything healthier in the school foods. And, you know, kids take granola bars and fruit snacks. And that's what you have after school. That's what you have during school. And those things are fine. And there's a place for them. But there's a lot of parents who say, well, my kids don't eat vegetables. You know, and I've been lucky. Most of my all three of my kids will eat vegetables. There's other things they don't eat, but they do eat vegetables. And I think that's just random luck. It's not because I garden, but there is something to be said about knowing you planted it and putting in work and watching it grow and then being able to pick it off the plant. My kids go to Holy Name. And the first year we had a garden there, we had all these Brussels sprout plants donated to us and they were amazing never grown a brussels sprout plant now i get teased about being the queen <laughs> but, so i'm the brussels sprout queen we had like huge garden box so we had a brussels sprout festival and the kids cut them down because they're a really cool plant if you've never seen one the kids cut them down and they took the brussels sprouts off and we sent them home and parents cooked them a couple different ways and we had a brussels sprout festival and they were gone the kids ate their brussels sprouts I don't eat Brussels sprouts up until that point because I thought they came in the little frozen box and mm -hmm. you microwave them. Ugh. So it was really good. Um, I got more education. So I, I see that a lot of people don't garden um, because you don't have the space or you don't have the time or you don't know that you can throw that tomato plant in a pot on your, and this something. 
And it's not that you have to, and we'd like everybody to, but you don't have to, but having the knowledge that you can. And when you go to the grocery store, what's behind the food in the grocery store? My kids have to eat all the ugly fruit that nobody else buys. I'm like, that tomato's fine. Just because it's ugly doesn't mean it tastes bad. <laughs> you know. But people don't want to buy that. They buy yeah. the little tiny baby carrots, you know, that are done on a lathe. Carrots don't grow that way. So just about teaching people mm -hmm. through their kids, through their church, any way you can, what's behind that food. So when something like COVID happens and all of a sudden your grocery store doesn't have the food it used to, maybe you can grow some in the summer. Maybe you have more appreciation for what it takes. Maybe you're more likely to go to the farmer's market and buy it from the local person who's buying it. Maybe you don't want to do it, but maybe that's worth it to you to go spend your money there. That helps our local economy because it keeps it local and it provides education for everyone. Wyoming's, for as much agriculture as we have here, we're kind of a food desert as far as what you're going to eat. Most of our beef is exported. You know, we need to, that self-sufficiency and resiliency thing, especially after the last year, it's important. Yeah. So yeah, I Absolutely. didn't think there was a need and yeah. if I could, you know, figure out how to help and why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Self-sufficiency and that's, uh, I think that's just kind of like part of the American dream too, is being able to depend on yourself and not have to worry about that. Right. And so, um, yeah, and I like the COVID analogy too. I think we all found ways that we thought we were self-sufficient and ended up not being yep. so. Yep, absolutely. Aaron, did you have a question? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, then I will uh, <laughs> ask this next question. <laughs> um, so, and you kind of alluded to it, but what is kind of the typical process of, of establishing a garden at a location? Um, I guess just kind of walk us through that. Well, the, the people, um, there has to be a, a desire from that host entity, whether it be a school or a church or a community organization, um, and they would come to us, and we can help with the planning process. There's tons of resources out there. Um, not that Rooted in Wyoming has created that, but we've gathered a lot of information about how to kind of facilitate and go through the process of planning. Um, what What is the desire for the garden? What are the goals that you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. um, Every garden kind of has its own vision and mission and use. Some of them um, are using the produce to go back into like school lunches or snack programs, that kind of thing. Um, sometimes it might be a service to the community where the it's a place where um, people that don't have a lot of space can come and be part of a garden experience and then that produce is shared within that community. Um, sometimes it might be used as a science lab or an outdoor classroom for kids because you can teach math, science, history. I mean, it's, you know, the list goes on of what can be taught in a garden. Um, Sometimes it's cooking experiences that uh, that is the goal of the garden. So anyway, just to kind of kind of walk through that process and help them kind of write their mission statement for what they want to achieve through the garden, and then uh, resources for funding, laying the garden out, 
What's it going to include? Are you going to have a grape teepee? Are you going to have raised beds? Are we going to plant everything just straight in the ground? You know, kind of walking through methods and pros and cons of different ways of doing it. Um, there's resources out there for season extender um, structures, like Meadowlark got a grant through UW to build a geodesic dome for their school, and they've put in a hydroponic system inside that. So that's very non-traditional. Um, but what an opportunity for those kids to be able to see that and learn about, you know, how the dome works and the solar power and, and then the whole process of growing something hydroponically without soil. Um, they also will have some raised beds outside, so kind of it's kind of a combo. But anyway, we Rooted in Wyoming is the facilitator. Um, we can also help gather volunteers to get things built and get things going. We can help with teaching resources if um, if they need enrichment programs and things like that. Usually there's a teacher uh, that is the kind of champion of the garden that sort of organizes things and herds the cats, so to speak, um, to keep it going. And then... Once it's built and once it's up and running, we're here to support. You know, if they if they need something, if they're wanting to expand or add some feature to the garden, we can help find funding resources and uh, materials or whatever to make that happen. So basically, we're the facilitator, and um, we want to make sure that every garden program that we're involved with is successful, and we're willing to figure out whatever the pieces of the puzzle are to make that happen for the um, the owner of the garden. The first couple gardens we did, we dug a lot of post holes and shoveled a lot of dirt because, you know, you're new. You're going to plant gardens in schools. Who's going to take care of them? You know, there's all these kind of questions. So we're working board, which means literally we work in the gardens. <laughs> um, but that's good because it keeps us connected and it connects us with those people. Now we have all this community support from local businesses. You know, if we need something hauled, there's an equipment company who's willing to do it. There's somebody with dirt. There's somebody with wood, somebody who's willing to spend their time and money as it's kind of rolled along. You know, we've got that good support. So I think it's a popular idea. I think people understand that, you know, you are what you eat. You want to eat good food. You want to know where it comes from. And so I think that there's the community support. The idea is one that people know is important. And, you know, we live in a great town and we have a lot of people who are willing to support us and come out and do some of that work. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you guys kind of alluded to it, but I mean, at this point now, it, the owner of a new garden it's kind of there like if they need your guys's help 90 percent of the time that can happen or if they're like self-starters you guys are kind of just like yeah go for it is that kind of how it is now like if if they're hands-on and they just go for it you guys are kind of just like hey well if you need help we can provide that if not then yeah we would like like especially with the schools we would like the children and the families to be taking care of right. it because that's really where the education and the learning process happens sometimes it happens that you need something you need more mulch you maybe yep. there's an educational part that's missing um we're more than willing to find a way whether that's you no know, calling our contacts and having them bring in something or whether that's us ourselves organizing right. something and going and helping um we do want them to be successful 
you know, and that's one of the things about gardening. You don't know. You can plant something twice and you still don't get any fruit. So it takes a village and being part of that village and helping everyone be successful helps our organization, helps people learn. You know, the end goal is not that they garden in elementary school. It's that they continue gardening and know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. So that success and those building blocks are really important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what are some of the locations then around town that you guys have uh, helped start some gardens? We have worked with, in some capacity, um, Bighorn School. We're working with Henry A. Coffine, Coffine Elementary. That's a new one um, this year. Grace Anglican Church. Highland Park Elementary, which has a, they have a raised bed garden system outside, and we helped them get an aeroponic tower that's in one of the classrooms at that school. Holy Name School, uh, which was one of the first gardens that was built. Metal Ark Elementary, which I mentioned, that's a new one that uh, was started last, this past spring. Um, Smith Alley, the, the farm walls at Smith Alley, which is more of a community conversation starter kind of a project um, so that people, every time I'm down there doing something at the farm wall, there's always a great conversation that happens about, well, what is this and how does it work? And, you know, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sagebrush Elementary, were, they were a host to one of those farm walls this winter. So those kids got to experience that. And then they've rented a plot in the Sagebrush Community Garden for the schools to have, the kids to have a, a garden this summer. We've um, collaborated with the Sheridan Food Forest this year. There were some grant funds that we were able to get and um, kind of spread that out among a lot of gardens in the community through the Wyoming State Forestry um, Commission. Story Elementary, we've done outreach programs with them. Tongue River Elementary, um, we were able to, through that same grant, we um, got them some new apple trees this year for their garden. And they've been very self-sufficient and um, they had a garden before there was a rooted in Wyoming. So oh, wow. kudos to Tongue River Elementary. <laughs> um, Tongue River Valley Community Center, that's the one that I had mentioned earlier, that is, um, there's a kids program through the summer and the summer reading program camp gets to come over to that garden. And then there's a culinary program, after school programs attached to that. Woodland Park Elementary and another one of the first gardens that was built and they're able to take produce from their garden and sell it back to their cafeteria program which i think oh, is fantastic cool. yeah. um and then the hub on smith that's a, also a new project that we collaborated with cns equipment i think that's right the john deere place cnb okay cnb thank you <laughs> I, I always get that wrong yeah, it's the john deere place no. <laughs> anyway um we had some materials that had been donated right by the Standishes, and then we had some funds through that forestry grant, and then um, the C&B guys provided the labor to build a couple of raised beds there at the hub that I think that population is really enjoying this summer. So I don't know how many that is. One, two, three, like 14 um, wow. different organizations in the community that we've touched in some way. 
sometimes it's really big. Sometimes it's not really big. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I was going to ask about the, the farm wall because I saw it on, on Jody's email and then you guys have brought it up a little bit too. Just kind of what was the, the creation around that or how big of a role did you guys play in, in getting that uh, put up there? Because that is really cool. And I, uh, is it up right now? I couldn't remember if, I, if I'd seen it uh, recently. They came back in June, so they've been up. Gosh, I don't know what about six weeks then. Yeah, now, okay. <clears throat> um, that was something that I saw in the Chamber newsletter. It, it's a placemaking project through the Wyoming Business Council, in, in partnership with the um, Agriculture Department. My words won't come to me, but um, anyway, it was a grant program that was put out through the Business Council for communities that have been through the placemaking workshops, um, which is, that's kind of a Main Street focus, you know, making communities more um, pedestrian friendly and... Um, shop local. Stay yes, local. shop yeah. local and economic stability and all of that. So anyway, um, I saw that and it was like, oh, that would be really cool if we could do that because... Um, it, it would be a completely different audience, a completely different project than what we've been able to do before. And so uh, we, we went and had a conversation with Smith Alley because that that location was just perfect. Yeah. Um, and it was something that the the folks at Smith Alley had kind of had on their drawing board and, and wanted to do um, was a kind of a garden type project in that space. And so it was just a perfect fit. And um, we were able to write the grant and receive the grant. We're one of 11 communities in across the state that has um, has one of these projects. It was a two-year grant, so we're into the second season of it. And we had winter host locations for them. Um, which were the YMCA. They had two of them in their aquatic center. Um, they sat underneath the water slides in there. That was fun to see that. <laughs> then Coffeen Elementary had one and Sagebrush had one. And uh, the fifth one stayed at Smith Alley over the winter. So we brought them back out this spring. Um, we're the only community, I think, that has that many. Most of the other communities have one Um I think there is one community that has two, but they're in like two different locations. So it's just quite an impact to walk down the alley and see those five walls and what can be grown that way. And this year we're partnering with the hub and we've, we have a volunteer force that comes on Tuesdays and Fridays, looks at the plants, um, checks for insects and that kind of thing and harvest anything that's there and it's donated to the hub it's not much um, but it's sprinkled in the salads and things that yeah. are served sure that's awesome yeah. that leads me to a question i had your guys's name is rooted in wyoming now all of this has been in sheridan county but you mentioned other communities is the next part of rooted in wyoming to start looking maybe to like buffalo gillette well, so we went through a strategic planning process last year, and uh -huh. we're getting ready to move into phase two of that. And part of the conversation um, in going through that process was, yeah, it was named Rooted in Wyoming. And so what is that long-term vision? Um, and I think realistically, um, we don't see ourselves working in the whole state of Wyoming, but we could definitely be a regional hub. Um, there are other organizations across the state that are doing similar work to what we're doing. And um, there's a group 
that has been formed called the Wyoming Food Coalition that we're part of. And there there is a conversation that has been started about kind of this network um, of the different organizations around the state to work together and share resources and talk about what's worked and what hasn't worked and um, and we have had some conversations with a couple of different groups in Buffalo. And so I think at some point in the future, that's probably a possibility for us as, as those hosts are ready, um, with their process, we're, we're ready to help. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. I kind of put you on the spot, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> just by the name, you know, in the, you know, 14 here in Sheridan County, it's kind of like, you're going to run out of space at some point. So got to start expanding a little bit. Um, so cool. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I understand like from here to rock Springs, that's a far ways to go. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good question. Cause I was going to ask something similar, just kind of what you guys are hoping to see here, yeah. here in the future. So, um, Aaron, do you have, other questions? I was going to, if not, I was going to ask, uh, kind of a finish up question there. Yeah, yeah. sort of, uh, unless okay. there's anything else you guys would like. Is to, there something we've missed that really you two want to yeah. point out or nothing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my only, my last thing would just be, so the kind of the new ones right now are hub and then the Henry a Coffeine. Those are kind of the newest ones going in right at the moment. Am I missing one? That's kind of coming up this summer or is it those two? Well, and we're finishing up at Meadowlark. Okay. And then well. finishing that one. Okay. That's right. Yep. Yeah. It's, yep. it's the structures there. It's still kind of new yeah. process. Cool. Sure. Okay. So those are the three. Um, I would imagine you guys always need volunteers or someone to come help for those. Always need volunteers. In fact, there is a work day at Meadowlark on Saturday from nine to noon. Anybody that wants to bring their gloves and a shovel, we're going to be setting up their raised beds outside, um, at, right outside the dome there. Perfect. That's this Saturday. Was that the 24th? 24th. Yep. Is that? Yep. It's this Saturday. This Saturday. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. She's like, it's this one. <laughs> um, perfect. Yeah. No, no, that was going to be my question. Oh, okay. Uh, volunteers and, and can they find uh, on your website or is there like a sign up or way to get notified of volunteer days? There On our website, there is a sign up for our newsletter. Um, there, The newsletter is bi-monthly. Um, but when there is a, a need for volunteers, we send out a call for volunteers through through that email, um, listserv, and there's a place to sign up for that on the website, which is rootedinwyoming.org. Fantastic. Sign up for the newsletter, then you can get the email blasts on if when they need volunteers. Yeah, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um Jody does a really good job of posting and lease and all of our board about posting what we're doing, pictures from the gardens, um, kind of stay in contact that yep. way. Follow on Insider. social. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Follow on social for you listeners. And yeah. In fact, I mean, you can learn so much about what we do in the different garden locations and everything by just looking at the social media pages. Fantastic. Are those all rooted in Wyoming? I would imagine. They are, yes. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, and then uh, donation-wise, th is there a place on your website, too, for people to donate? Um, there is a link at the very top on the website that goes to the Hoedown um, page where the tickets will be for sale, which and they go on sale August the 9th. Okay. Um, it always sells out. There will be about... We sell 350 tickets, so if you want to come, buy those tickets early. Okay. Um, there's also information about the auction, 
on there, and those items that are up for bid will be live September the 1st on that site. Um, and if people want to donate, want to be a sponsor, um, all of our contact information is on the website. It's on the social media pages. Um, just shoot us an email, and we can send sponsorship packets if we if they need more information. And the, the link to donate is live right now on the Hoedown site. So all you got to do is click. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, and one thing, you know, after Thursday, people are like, oh, what is this? Oh, I don't garden, you know. Hands up, <laughs> I don't garden, I'm not. Oh, but do you eat? But you <laughs> eat, you know. And it's not, you don't have to garden, but having that appreciation and yes. knowledge of what it takes to get that food to your plate is, you know, the bottom line. That's yeah. what's important Fantastic. for all of us yes. to eat. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. August 9th, that's a Monday. August 9th, Monday. And yep. then the hoedown itself is September 25th. Correct. Right. At okay. the Born in, Barn in Bighorn. It's born in the Barn. Born in a barn. 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 Out on Highway 14. Get those um, two mixed up all the time. Doors will open at 3.30. And we then have, it's a party. Oh, sorry. And it is a party. <laughs> it's a party. And it's over at 7. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Whenever you that's kick awesome. anybody out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it is. It's a come, eat, relax, listen to music, watch the kids play, visit, you know, bid on some auction items. But come and enjoy. It'll be local food. Come and see what you can do with local yes. food. It's always yeah. amazing to be like, oh, quinoa? That quinoa came from Wyoming? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could do that here. Yeah. And and it's going to be so much fun to see what, I want to say, who the restaurants are that are um, partnering with us to create the side dishes that will have local ingredients in it. Um, it's Frackleton's, Verdello, Cottonwood Kitchen, Sackett's, and Anominate Bakery. Awesome. So it'll it'll be really fun to see the talents of those different chefs come come forward and what they can create with what's grown here. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. No. It's really so, I was going to like do like some sound effects of like good. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> of all those five ones and there. The, right. Oh, and the beef, the beef too that is donated by First Northern Bank um, is a 4-H FFA raised animal. So the meat's also local. Fantastic. And Nubs Barbecue is going to be preparing that for us. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Can't go wrong with local beef. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, uh, I don't have any other questions, Zach, so unless they've got anything else, but they hit the website and all that stuff. Yeah, the website is just rooted in Wyoming, right? Uh, .org. .org. Yeah, .org, right. not .com. Um, and then rooted in Wyoming on Facebook and Instagram, right? Yes. Right. So, perfect. Well, uh, Lise and Mandy, thank you guys for, for coming on. This was really fun. Aaron and I love learning about uh, these, these different groups here in town and what they're doing and how they're giving back to the community. So, yeah. We really appreciate you guys for, for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for Thank having you us. for having us. Yep.